1: Welcome to another episode of Bengals and Brews. I am one of the co-hosts, Dale Altman, joined by my good buddy, the Orange Arrow, Derek Davis. Today's guest is our good buddy from one half of the Locked On Bengals, Mr. Jake. Let's go, Jake. How are we doing this morning?
0: Doing great. How are you guys?
1: Doing good. I want to say this morning because uh,
0: yeah, your time it's that.
1: it's like what ten o'clock.
0: Ten o'clock. Just out of bed. That's <laughs> why well,
1: nice. I, I, I told Derek. I said it looked like he was uh, binge watching last night. Like, hopefully, he, he wakes up here this morning. To...
0: <laughs> I watched a few episodes of Atlanta, which is, I mean, it's better no, what... than TV deserves. <laughs> I'm going
2: to sound like an idiot here, but what what is Atlanta exactly?
0: So Donald Glover does a show about he, he's managing his friend, who's an up and coming rapper in Atlanta and oh okay satire yeah. and that sort of medium of societal criticism ensues and it's pretty funny too
1: yeah Do- donald glover is a national tre- treasure in general uh musician he was on uh oh what was that community yes yeah um with joe McHale and all those guys um, I guess people didn't want our hot takes here on TV, so maybe we should. I was gonna say I was
2: getting ready to go into the, the whole ghost show. We started watching that the other night, and that that's a pretty fun one as well. What is that one? Have you guys, have you guys seen that one? It's kind of a comedy. Like this lady almost dies and starts seeing the ghost around the house that she's living in, but it's more comedic than it is scary and stuff like that. So it's kind of but, like a big comedy, more trailer. or less. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun actually, but uh, but enough about enough about uh, TV comedies and all that stuff. Let's let's get a little bit into some uh, some Bengals news. I saw where um, I guess uh, the boys over here that podcast growling got to do some uh, interviews with uh, with Katie this this past weekend, or not what well, not this weekend, but this past week. And uh, I was kind of curious to see what your what your thoughts were on on. Basically, the we'll go through the whole rundown of everything that she talked about because, you know, she was she was very informative, I think, with with her uh, conversations.
0: Yeah, and I, I think we talked about it on Lockdown Bengals as well. Katie Blackburn down at the owners meetings in Florida, whatever random Floridian city. Yeah. They <laughs> yeah. were occurring in... And there's
1: always dishes in the background. That's kind of the funniest part to me. <laughs> <laughs> clank, clank, clank. No, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I guess they maybe. Had had lunch with her or something. Yeah, she met with media for mm-hmm. about forty minutes down there, and I think Jay was down there from the Athletic and Kelsey Conway. I think so. From the Enquirer was down there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Hobson. Yeah. But where Where do you want to go? Uh, I I think
1: well, we should start with uh what most people are probably the biggest news out of it, which would be the indoor facility that they're actively looking for. I mean, that's the uh, by far the the most. They've said about actually trying to get one.
0: Yeah, I think that indicates that something is going to be announced probably this year. Uh, my my estimable co-host James Rapine thinks that we might see this as the first leg into negotiations for a new stadium. We'll see if the county gets involved with funding the uh, funding the indoor facility or not. But for now. Uh, It it seems to me that Katie Blackburn wouldn't say something about this unless it was relatively eminent. I would assume they'll have something concrete this year. She also mentioned that there are a few other things that they're working on that they're not ready to announce. So the Mm -hmm. fact that she was willing to talk about it indicates that it's something serious that I think we should expect to see soon. I, I think that the other interesting thing about it is the acknowledgement that it would help them. Which I don't think you've really ever said from the organization in the past. <laughs> so there's right. a bit of an admitting of of something that fans have talked about for a long time, but hasn't been as relevant for this team until they started playing into the the harsh winter months. And now, mm-hmm. in preparation for the Super Bowl, they, of course, as Pat McAfee and others like to point out, had to go up to UC in the middle of a blizzard to practice before they flew out <laughs> to LA, and. Yeah. I mean, when you're a professional football team playing in the Super Bowl, fair point. That's a little ridiculous, <laughs> uh, you know, if, if you can't. And yeah. I know they have like a 30-yard stretch of indoor facility in Paul Brown Stadium, but that's not really enough to do anything. Yeah, so that's, that's not going to prepare you for the Super no. Bowl. <laughs> right. You, you can you can walk through on that surface yeah. from what I recall. I think I saw it when I was in Paul Brown Stadium a couple of years ago uh, for, for quote-unquote blogger day in the pre mm-hmm. COVID pandemic days when they brought us in for a day during training camp a couple of years ago. But yeah, I, I think it's a good step for the franchise. And, and I think I talked about it on Lockdown Bengals, you know, Thursday show last week, uh, a couple of years ago when I think it was still Joe and I doing Lockdown Bengals, I talked about a list of things that I wanted to see the Bengals organization do to modernize. And this is kind of around the drafting of Joe Burrow and becoming a more serious franchise in the NFL that pushes for Super Bowls and things like that. And the indoor facility is on the list. And the things that remain on the list are what are we going to do about the scouting department? And yeah, that's, that's really the big one because they've started spending in free agency. They haven't changed their contract structure. would still like to see that. And they might have to do it when Joe Burrow is making more money and taking up more of the cap, but, it's a step toward modernization. And we've seen a few of these now mm-hmm. with the Ring of Honor and and more active spending and free agency, a little bit more commitment to winning now than waiting for the draft class to eventually hit and, and showing a willingness to spend in free agency where they've missed on some draft picks in the in the previous years that led to those holes being created, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Speaking yeah, of and, uh, speaking of
1: sorry, Derek. Speaking of contracts, uh, since you kind of mentioned contracts and structures, um, I know you were a person who we kind of mentioned that said, "Oh, there's got to be some incentives or something on uh, Collins's contract here." That it's little more than the three years, twenty one million. We're missing something. And uh, Andre Parada come out with those details this week. I, I don't know. I'm sure you guys probably talked about that as well. Looks like a lot of it's tied into basically just playing time and, and Pro Bowl. Correct?
0: Yeah. There were more playtime incentives than originally reported, which is why I, when I originally was tweeting about it and saying that like this, this can't possibly be right, or or there's a chance this isn't right anyway. I don't know if I said it can't possibly be right, but I was surprised and it was being reported as a $30 million deal. And none of that makes any sense with the way that it looked originally. And those numbers are reliable. So there was a data entry error from the source. I'm not gonna go too much into that but Mm -hmm. essentially some of the escalators in his contract weren't included in the first version of his contract that was entered. And so what we learned was that there are salary escalators and bonus escalators based on play time in the first two years of the deal, but there's still a, I would say, fairly good chance it ends up being a a $21 million deal. But escalators are tied to relatively high
1: play time. I I believe it was
0: 90% which is very high number. Right. If, if he misses a game or two, that that could be it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. two games for sure, right? You think about two games, well, 10%, one out of 10, two games, two out of 17 is more than one out of 10. So really quick, if he, if he has to miss two games for whatever reason, those incentives don't kick in. Now, if you're a Bengals fan, you hope that he makes $30 million. Because yep, that right. means that he's playing – in 90 plus percent of his games at and a pro bowl level yeah he's made three <laughs> yeah. Pro Bowls. yeah that's the only way it gets to 30 million dollars so that's what we're rooting for
2: absolutely yeah pro bowl right tackle you have to be what is it top top four in the game i think man pro bowl is
1: kind of weird because it's a lot of name well, recognition and how high you were drafted right. and different things
2: right now uh real quick i don't know that this have it, has any relevance for us but i did see where uh uh, rapaport was tweeting that the Patriots got an in division trade for Devontae Parker from the Dolphins, uh, real quick for a 2022 fifth round pick. And or they give up a fifth rounder, okay, so Dolphins give up Devontae and a fifth rounder for their 2023 third round pick. What's your thoughts on that?
0: Dolphins fans have been trying (laughs) to argue that Devontae Parker is better than any wide receiver on the Cincinnati Bengals for three years on Twitter, and that's always been weird to me. He's a fine player. I think the Patriots needed a wide receiver. Uh, Mm -hmm. I, I think they'll still probably draft one. I don't know. Bill Belichick has his own methodologies for drafting, but where where does he fit in Miami when you have Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle and Mike Gusecki and right. an RPO offense and Mike McDaniel, who's going to use those tight ends that he signed and is bringing a lot of those San Francisco elements, probably a lot more 12 personnel with two tight ends on the field um, and, and or two running backs on the field. I, I don't know how much. I mean, they did bring in a fullback, if mm-hmm. I recall correctly, and they love Kyle Juszczyk out in San Francisco. So... You know, probably just a, where does he fit on the field? Do we really need to invest these resources in a third wide receiver when instead we could recoup a future third round pick for relatively low cost, dump some salary? Because the Dolphins yeah. have committed a ton of resources, a ton of money to new players uh, this Yeah, offense. and I think
2: so, didn't they they paid Devonte Parker reasonably well for for uh, a wide receiver a couple of years ago? I think was it. Yeah, I can't sure remember we can, exactly. We
0: can get these details over here on my on my left monitor and find Devonte <laughs> Parker on over the cap. He signed a three-year extension with the Dolphins in 2019,
2: and he 19, okay. earned a
0: total of 30 million in new money on that deal. So the Patriots will be acquiring five and a half million dollar salaries. The Dolphins will incur a five and a half million dollar dead cap hit because that's the signing bonus that is mm-hmm. prorated so you know if they take a small dead cap hit and i'm not sure they're, they're fine for cat space this shouldn't have a, a huge impact on them and and this is a team that's going to be willing to restructure too so if they need to right they can take some of uh you know emmanuel agva is a is primary restructure candidate but i would say this is a pretty good indication that the dolphins are probably pretty done in free agency they just did a, a big extension for mm-hmm. Xavier and howard as well and so yeah this that was last night. Is starting to get pretty tight
1: so we can finally stop hearing about zavian howard being traded to the Bengals. also <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> it's not yeah. happening yeah i suppose i suppose we could because that's a yearly <laughs> i
1: swear every year we're talking about him being traded we could probably also mm-hmm. say Stefan gilmore not happening <laughs> that's not happening yeah. Um, doesn't even look like Larry O is in the discussion based on how uh, Zach Taylor talked about him. Um, I, I don't necessarily completely see that one ruled out, but, but what's your thoughts on that? I mean, it did sound like, oh, former Bengal, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's how Taylor has to talk about him right now. He's not a yeah. current member of the Cincinnati Bengals football team. I, I think that Ogan Joby is possible, but I wouldn't necessarily call it likely. It, no. it happens if his market doesn't materialize and they still have the money cap space really available for that deal uh you know you you look at the cap space numbers that get reported and they lie to you because Mm -hmm. you know teams don't necessarily use 50 top 51 accounting rules in the offseason the Bengals I don't think do I think they account to 53 contracts on the roster which is already lowering the number a little bit and they're factoring in the space for rookies which we hate to hear but is true they're not factoring in the seven million dollars that gets reported that they tell media and then media reports they're factoring in what they actually need in the cap to pay for these guys which is like two million dollars against the cap then they have uh, salaries for practice squad guys that they're factoring in because those are expenses that you can't get around that's at least three million dollars in salaries over the course of the year and that counts against the salary cap so they're making sure that they have money for that. They're making sure they have money to sign guys if they need to, if guys get injured. And they're making mm-hmm. sure that they have money for the cap hits that are coming in some of the off-season workouts. And so when you factor all those things in, you're seeing reported numbers for the Bengal salary cap hit in, in cap space at 18.7 million. It's probably more like $10 million, realistically. Mm-hmm. And all teams have this. So unless there are planned restructures on those teams, every team is setting aside money for things like the practice squad and that sort of stuff. But some teams do it a little bit differently where they'll say, you know, we need to sign a guy because our defensive tackle got hurt. We need to sign a guy to a, a veteran minimum deal. And that's going to be a $700,000 cap hit this year because it's week seven or something.
2: You right.
0: $700,000 in cap space. You, you restructure, you know, $2 million of somebody's deal over into a signing bonus and pro rates into the next year, boom, you have a million dollars more cap space. So some teams just do that, where they have a little bit of flexibility built into other contracts. The Bengals don't like to do that. I don't think they've ever restructured a contract, at least that I remember. And so the cap space concern for Larry Jovi is real, I think, because there's room for a few more signings. And the smaller the signings are, the, the more room there is because it pushes other contracts off of the eventual 53-man roster. So that doesn't end up eventually counting as a cap hit. But how much money is Larry Ogunjobi going to want? If it's Even if it's $7 million, which he which he played on last year, roughly six and a half seven million $7 million, that starts to get pretty tight to the cap. And we know the Bengals like to roll over money as well. And there's a fair hypothesis, I think, that at this point they're starting to try to save a little bit of cash for Joe Burrow's extension, which they're probably hoping to get done next year because you've heard me talk about it if you listen to Lockdown Bengals. I would expect them to have spent another 20, $25 million in cash by the time the season comes around, at least. that's That's on the low end. They're typically spending cash at least up to the unadjusted cap, which would be million, and currently they're at about $175 million. So, where's that money going? Could be Jesse Bates, could be next year to a guy like Joe Burrow, could be some other extensions that are less likely, perhaps Jonah Williams, Jermaine Pratt, Von Bell. But there's still money to be spent. It's just, I'm going to be curious to see where it goes, or if it goes, maybe they are just saving it for Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, which to me, I mean, I know you have to do it, but at the same point in time, when you've got this small window of Burrow's rookie contract, I don't want to waste that. And I would like to see him be more proactive. I mean, even if it is the Jesse Bates extension, get that done first is what I would like to see, but that's just my opinion. Um, Larry O also, like just to circle back to that real quick, I think if they sign him, it would probably be after the draft. They'll see if they can probably replace, you know, part of what they got from him in the draft for a, a cheaper rate than having to try to pay, you know, five to seven million, whatever he would command, even coming off the injury.
0: I also wonder. You know, are you buying high on Larry Jovi? I know he had the breakout mm-hmm. year for your for, for your club, and so you're very optimistic about what he could do again with your club. And I like Larry Jovi as a player. I think that he does something right. that nobody else on the Bengals roster does. I think that he is more disruptive in the backfield than any other player on their defensive interior. He, he also doesn't finish those plays a lot of the time. And and sometimes that leads to other players getting tackles for loss or stuffs or, or tackles for minimal gain in the run game or, you know, quarterbacks get flushed out of the pocket. Sometimes that leads to sacks for other players, but a lot of times that didn't lead to anything. And so the the disruption that he generated didn't result in actually a positive effect. And so there's some of that where you want to create havoc if you're a defensive lineman for sure, and that's a good thing. You also would like to see him finish a few more of those plays, and that's yeah, a, he, he had a high missed
1: tackle rate. Uh, I'm pretty sure as yeah, far as not our just D lineman even
0: missed tackle. Sometimes it's just running by a play, and, and yeah, sometimes yeah. that happens with that play style. Uh, but they do need a guy who can get up field in a hurry, can beat uh, you know, can cross a guard's face in the run game on a you know prevent the reach block from reaching him kind of thing. And so mm-hmm. he he might be the best guy out there to do it, but. I really wonder at what price and if it fits into their financial plans.
1: Yeah, that, that's why I could see, you know, they definitely want to wait. Um let's go ahead and switch gears into the draft. Um I did have I did have one question real quick.
2: Um Jake with what what would your thoughts be on on the, the uh Lario thing where you know, last year he played it I'm, I'm reading here on Football Outsiders uh 790 total snaps and bj hill with 573 do you think if they do sign him and with they flip those do you think there's a there's a chance that that might be a a hindrance as far as uh you know the locker room goes
0: i don't really have a good feel for that i mean we we haven't really we I don't think that I could tell you who the leaders are on the defensive in the defensive line room. I would assume it's Sam Hubbard. I don't know if Larry Mm Ouellet really got much into a leadership role. I I truly don't know. I know that he was very well liked in Cincinnati, Mm -hmm. but I don't think that I really like Von Bell clear leader on the team. I think Mike Hilton stepped up and became a leader on the team. Right. DJ Reader maybe he kind of strikes me as a a little bit more of a, a, a quiet guy despite how good he is just in having talked to him in LA. Um, so I, I don't really know. I think Sam Hubbard is probably the most outspoken leadership type of that group. Um, so, so I don't know if there's really a locker room disruption there. I will say that as the season went on, those splits got closer to 50 50. And then of course, okay. Ogan Joby got hurt uh, mm-hmm. and, and BJ Hill played a ton in the playoffs and they were pleased with what he did. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that it might be a little bit awkward, I guess, for, for B.J. Hill to have signed this $10 million deal and Larry Joby to have to come back on a one year deal because, you know, guys look at their sack production and those kinds of numbers. And Ogan Joby was good in that area, but so was B.J. Mm-hmm. Hill. And, I mean, clearly Ogan Joby thought he was going to cash in. He had a great deal yeah. from the Bears, and it's unfortunate that that fell through. I hope the guy gets paid. No matter where he ends up, I hope, you know, what's best for the player, I'm always on the side of the player, but it, it is a bit of a weird space when you're thinking about team building and, and thinking about it from the team's perspective, doesn't make sense. And, and that's where it gets murky and, and you don't know how the numbers work out from, from a financial perspective.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. If we are we good to switch gears there to uh, to yeah, 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 I don't
2: okay. want to hold y'all up. You know, <laughs> you, we got two draft draft nerds on the show. I'm just a, hey, come kind of on now, right now. But <laughs>
1: uh, the uh, positions of need, I, I think obviously corner right now, um, tight end, probably defensive tackle, but I've seen a lot of people say edge. What are your thoughts? I think we got a pretty good edge depth, but I know you can never have too many pass rushers.
0: Yeah, so I don't know if you guys saw. I, I went through the, the Bengals roster and, and put some some tier kind of ideas on, on every position, on every player on the mm-hmm. roster. And so, you know, I look at that and the thing that stands out to me immediately is that they have very few players on the roster at corner. Got you. got Abuzia, who's great. Yeah, Mike Hilton, who's great. You got Eli Apple, who, if he needs to start, fine. You could do worse. One and, year, <laughs> and yeah, and on a one-year deal. And then you've got John Brandon and Jalen Davis as backups. Did you guys know that John Brandon was on the Cincinnati Bengals before this week?
2: No. Uh, no, isn't that isn't that the announcer guy? Or yeah, yeah, no, he, <laughs> he,
0: he was a uh, he. I think they signed him off of somebody's practice squad. I don't even remember which practice squad, or maybe he was cut. I mean, he's listed as a street free agent that they signed. So, point is, corner depth is lacking. Mm-hmm. And I think that everybody would agree that that bringing somebody in to challenge Eli Apple, maybe not everybody, actually. You know what? I've taken some flack for calling Eli Apple an average starter. Uh, Dude, that- you don't want
1: to get on the Goodberry level. You don't.
0: Oh, <laughs> no, I'm good with my anonymity, <laughs> re- relatively speaking, with Bengals players. Uh, you know, Competition would be healthy yes. for, for that it is. outside corner spot. It's generally a healthy thing. Eli Apple won his job by competing when Trey Waynes got hurt. He kept his job by continuing to compete throughout the season. Yeah. Good for him. Trey Flowers, probably feeling out his market a little bit. Big fall from grace for him. I mean, he was starting before he played for the Bengals in a very specific role. He, he could still be back, but even if he is back, you want Trey Flowers being your outside corner if, if one of these guys right. gets hurt, so, which I so. got
2: I got absolutely blown up when, when we signed him because I I said I liked the signing just because of, of what I thought he could do in this offense because he's always been that kind of big guy and and more more of a safety role which I know he played safety but I you know I just I really like
1: the fit on our on our on our squad with him but. Let him cover tight ends like he did. Yeah. If you got a up sure. with a stud tight end, like he's he's your good fourth slash fifth corner slash, mm-hmm. you know, let him play kind of in the slot against the receiving tight end. Yeah.
0: And right. and I would say that Luana Rumo has liked to do this. He tried to do it with uh Lashawn Sims and it didn't work as well with Lashawn Sims. I think that Trey Flowers is a little bit better. I do think that he's Again, I, I think I'll maybe a little bit overrated in the eyes of fans. I think that most players generally are a little overrated in the eyes of fans sometimes because uh, I also took some flack for calling Chris Evans an average starter, which I, again, thought was pretty generous <laughs> for a guy. Podcast over. Play. Podcast <laughs> over. Chris Evans slander. No. How is that um, slander? No, he was a third-string no, yeah. running back, guys. Like this, exactly. is, this is this is why I don't get the flack. Like I'm saying, I think he could be an average starting running back. That's pretty good mm-hmm. for a guy who could hardly get on the field last year. Uh, Tech yeah. Karras has been a career backup. I think he's probably an average starter with the potential to be a good starter. Again, yeah, uh, you know, just just realistic expectations. But when but this started with draft needs, and you know, when I look at where they're the shallowest, I think it's. I think it's corner. They don't have any backup corners that I think are actually good backup corners. Maybe Jalen Davis could be okay, but he's small and kind of a slot-only guy for the most part. Mm -hmm. He he did play outside, I think, at times in the preseason and maybe in spot duty in the regular season, but he's largely a slot guy just because of size limitations. So corner is where I'm starting because if Eli Apple becomes your backup or if they draft a guy that's competing with Eli Apple and starts the year as a backup, suddenly you have a lot better corner depth. And I still think they might sign a guy there. I, I think that defensive interior or three tech does make sense. I'm not sure it really lines up in terms of the first round, specifically in this draft. I just right. don't see there, there aren't very many first round guys to me at three tech in this draft safety, I think is a sneaky need. I don't yeah. think is I think it's starting to be discussed a little bit because Dame Brugler corrected Paul Daner Jr. when Paul Daner Jr. tried to pick Kyler Gordon in their uh the athletic mock draft, beat writer mock draft. And I think Kyler Gordon at 31 is probably a little bit early for me, but if they trade back, you could see it. Instead, a guy like Louis sign, maybe that works. You know, I, I think that a safety is a sneaky one there, especially if He's a guy that can also play some slot. Like uh, I know Matt Minnick is currently riding the Dax Hill train from Michigan who yeah. can play a little bit of slot, can play in the box, can, can play in three safety sets. we know Lou and likes those as well on the offensive mm-hmm. side of the ball, tight end. I think we'll see a tight end addressed at some point in this draft, if they can make it work. They've been very visibly, I think talking to a lot of tight ends in the pre-draft process at pro days at the combine, et cetera. And interior offensive line I think you could still see him take somebody there they shouldn't be closed off to it anyway hopefully they're not closed off to it they might feel like they've drafted a bunch of guys lately and that's true Jackson Carmen Deontay right. Smith Trey Hill Hakeem energy all guys that can play on the interior offensive line that were drafted in the last two drafts that said if you're sitting there at 31 and Tyler Linderbaum or Kenyon Green or Zion Johnson are available I don't think they should be overlooked just because you feel like you've invested in the offensive line?
1: Yeah, that's definitely my top three. Like you know, Green and uh, and Johnson, I think come in start at left guard to keep Karis at center. If you get Linderbaum, I think he starts at center. Uh, I think Derek disagrees with me on Linderbaum. He, he's a little uh, not so crazy so, about him. So,
2: and and this this is what what's been my whole thought on on the whole Linderbaum thing. The Bengals in my eyes, have preached for years and years position versatility. So I just – I have a hard time believing in the whole Linderbaum to the Bengals thing. What, what's your thoughts on that,
0: Jake? Well, sometimes players are just really good at A position. Like Alex Kappa is playing right guard. And mm-hmm. if he needed to, he could play left guard, but I don't think he's going to move. Lyle Collins is going to play right tackle. If Jonah Williams gets hurt, Lyle Collins is going to stay at right tackle. If well if okay. Collins gets hurt, Jonah Williams is going to stay at left tackle. So position versatility is, is great when it comes to backups, I think. But when you have a guy that has the kind of special athleticism that shows up on tape and special tape in the first place, overcoming physical downsides in terms of weight and length and all this stuff. I mean, the guy is, is a wrestler who started playing football recently and is just amazing at it. I, I think that there's some room to, to overlook it Especially, like, how many players are truly position versatile and and good at it, right? Think about it. So right, one of them is Joe Tooney, who kicked out to left Mm -hmm. tackle against the Bengals when the Chiefs lost two left tackles between like their first drive of the game and in the pregame in the regular season. And Tooney had to play left tackle. He played really well at left tackle. Ted Karras has played interior offensive line spots pretty well. Mm -hmm. Andrew Whitworth. A Hall of Fame player can play left tackle and can play can play the guards even late into his career. Who's you know, the guy so. from uh Green Bay?
1: That's probably the most like versatile.
0: Yeah, uh, Elton uh, Jenkins Lindsey yeah. or Elton
1: Jenkins. J- Jenkins, okay. because once again, I can go back to my Drew Sample opinion of how bad of a pick that was, because there was yes. Elton Jenkins and AJ Brown. A lot of really yeah. good
0: players could have been picked instead yeah. of your Sample. But we, we don't, we're not supposed to harp on that anymore. We're not supposed I, to. I can't help it. Well, I can't help it, Jake. I'm the, sorry. Uh, uh, <laughs> like Reach to the choir a little bit. But uh, yeah, as far as positional versatility, I don't think it should be a knock on Linderbaum. The, if he's really good, and I think he's really good, that, then he's a player. Because we, we don't really talk mm-hmm. about this with like tight ends. Or corners very often. Dax Hill maybe is an exception who can play a little bit of both. Some some safety corner hybrids with linebackers. You know, we talk about can they do multiple jobs playing yeah. that position? D,
1: D line probably on the defense right. more than anything. Sure. Can they can they slide into three tech on a pass rushing but, down? But a
0: lot of teams don't do that either. They just no. they just have three techs so and maybe they have a guy that'll move around a little bit.
2: Yeah, but right.
0: I, I think that positional versatility is great. I don't think that it should necessarily be held against a guy if he plays one position, if he plays that position really well. It's it's just kind of like the draft good players mentality.
2: You don't know, yeah. The, what do they say at the the T D N? Don't let good players keep you from drafting great players, or whatever that whole thing is.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because I, I don't think I'm necessarily interested in like a first round linebacker. I, I was like sort of on the brink of that. If Devin Lloyd Dean for
1: 31
0: Kobe Dean probably is going to be available near 31, it seems like.
1: But I don't David's see it. We played real, two we played two linebackers. They
0: play two linebackers. They like mm-hmm. both linebackers. And linebacker depth in this draft is also great. I could I could see them yeah. drafting a linebacker at some point so for I, sure. to your point where this conversation started, I think. A three-tech. I think that if there's an edge guy they like. Like, boy, Maffei, if he's there at, at 31, that wouldn't shock me if, if they pulled the trigger there just because I, I think they like Cali Kareem. I think they think Joseph Osai is going to be good. I think they like Cameron Sample, think he's going to take a step. Uh, maybe they even like Wyatt Hubert to be a contributor mm-hmm. at that level. But if you can get a guy who can really add some juice to your pass rush, which is what they were trying to do with Joseph Osai last year, can't have too much of that, just like you can't have too many corners. So, like, corner – You could see an edge rusher if a guy falls. You you could see an offensive lineman certainly in the first round. I don't know if there's a first-round tight end that I'm ready to pull the trigger on. And, of course –
1: McBride is probably the closest thing. Jolani Woods has a ton of
0: hype around him right now.
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, he does. I just don't know that the production and everything he's done. He's really one year of production.
0: And, and he's a yeah. great athlete. And I wouldn't be mad if they picked him at some point, but I might be mad if they picked him in the first round. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, I don't think I would. That would be a little early. Especially after <laughs> Drew's sample pick in the second round, I'm not taking no chances with what they think on tight ends. Mm-hmm.
2: Now, uh, what, what would your thoughts be on, like, a, if, it, if, if it just happens that a Jabo slides and, and gets it to 31? Would you Would you be interested in taking a guy like that?
0: I think that one's really complicated. And I think yeah. Joe, Joe Goodberry tweeted about it. He, he responded to some Reddit thread and people were mad at him for saying no. And yeah. I can see where Joe's coming from because if your opinion is that Ojabo needs time on the field to develop, which is Joe's opinion, is that he he mm-hmm. needs to play to to refine his tools and get better as a football player because he's a toolsy guy who needs to learn how to play football a little bit. Well, if you're going to miss your rookie season, that might not be something you want to draft in the first round.
1: Yeah, right. I Especially mean, if you're this close, team, this close to the Super Bowl team. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, they, they, yeah. At least, yeah. at least you hope. I mean, they they might be a better team than last year, and this has been pointed out by many. And I'll just reiterate it: they might be a better team than last year and finish with a r- worse record. Yeah, they might be a better mm-hmm. team than last year and miss the playoffs if if they get unlucky. If Injuries, well, really, if they get unlucky is a is primary way you see it happening, because if they're a better team than they were last year, they don't miss a playoffs unless you're unlucky from an injury perspective, from an in-game perspective, from whatever perspective. But unluck is very common in the NFL. It's yeah. it's yeah. almost like the expectation is that you're unlucky, actually. and And if you're lucky, then you go to the Super Bowl, which is kind of what happened for both Super Bowl teams last year to some to some degree. Yeah.
1: Right. Well, and the Rams, you know, try to buy their Super Bowl, so a little.
0: Different. Well, even still, they they were <laughs> remarkably healthy. The Bengals, yeah. you know, some people like to point out the injuries. I, they they didn't miss time, a significant time, anyway, from from key contributors. Yeah, mm-hmm. Riley Reeves. From that hurt. I uh, think Riley
1: Reeves' presence, you know, alone at right tackle cuz you already didn't have a right guard. Right. I think I think that really hurt, you know, especially it showed up in the Super Bowl. Worst sure, time for it to
0: show up. That's like one player where the Chiefs 2 years ago made it to the Super Bowl with zero starters on their offensive line, for example. So sometimes you have to overcome those things, sometimes you can't. And yeah. and the thing with the Rams and the way they built their team is the Chargers too actually. If, if those guys, if they lose like four starters for long periods of time to injuries, I start to worry about the yeah. quality of their team. And you can say that for a lot of teams, the Bengals are probably one of those teams, you know, as I did this exercise of who, who are the starter level players? The Bengals only have one starter level that I would consider backup. And that's Chris Evans. I, I think that if Chris Evans had to play, I think he could be fine. I, I yeah. We're back tough. on the Chris Evans train that's where i always was uh but but at the rest of their positions like mike thomas has to step in for t higgins that's a massive fall on yeah even worse for jamar chase on the offensive line you know the only place where it's kind of a wash to me right now is jackson carmen deontay smith just because we don't really know what those guys are going to be yet maybe one is significantly better than the other but ted karras to trey hill or alex Kappa to or. You know, I guess linebacker might be okay, too. Marcus Bailey, Akeem, Akeem Davis-Gaither, Clay Johnson, Joe Batchy, all these guys played pretty well for them. Yeah. So so maybe right. linebacker, the, the scheme is is friendly enough for those guys that you don't have a massive fall off there. But Chidobe Awuzie to John Brannan. Who? Be, <laughs> yeah, right. Who? Bob yeah. Hill to Trayvon Henderson, Jesse Bates to Michael Thomas, the 31-year-old safety. Mm-hmm. The, the, a lot of teams have this problem. The Bengals yeah. aren't exempted from it. So when you can find good depth, it's great. It's really hard to do.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm gonna, since corner, would, we're kind of agreeing as one of our top needs, especially we got guys like John Brandon that could have to step <laughs> in and play. Um, I'm going to fire off some names. Uh, if you don't mind, just give me your quick thoughts on the players at corner that potentially could be there in the draft. Um, Andrew
0: Booth. I think he looks like he moves really well. I've only really watched a little bit of him. I think he's a good player. I would like to see him do more than like he plays bail a lot and he plays off a lot. And the point that Mike made when when he was watching him, Mike of Bengal Sands is the the Clemson defense is more exotic in its fronts and kind of a little bit more basic in its in its secondary. So, I, I really like Andrew Booth. Wish he could have tested, so we could have had some confirmation on the athleticism. Looks like a really smooth athlete, though. Yeah. And, and doesn't look lost. Really was was really good coming downhill on screens against Georgia. I mean, made three four stops like at or near the line of scrimmage, getting through blocks at times, just triggering really quickly on screens. So, there's signs there that he's a really intelligent player. I just uh, don't know that I've seen enough. I think he's a first round player, though. I'd be I'd be happy with him. At yeah. Um,
1: Trent McDuffie, which this is one I I mean I really like Trent McDuffie, but I don't think he'll be there. But
0: yeah, it seems like he's he's probably a mid first round pick. Is is where he's being projected at this point. I I haven't watched Trent McDuffie. He's said to be technically great. I wonder if he hits some thresholds for the Bengals from a from a size speed perspective. Five yeah, eleven. He did run a four-four-one, one and the Bengals aren't super strict on their thresholds, but well, do you have his arm length measurement in front of you?
1: Uh, no, I do not have arm length measurement, but he's five eleven, one ninety-five. 195, uh, violent explosive, gets beat by bigger wide receivers due to his average size and length.
0: Yeah, so so the issue with, with – The Bengals in length is if the corner has like under 30 and a half inch arms, they probably are drafting him. And I think he was 29 and something. Yeah, I think
1: him and Mm -hmm. Kyler Gordon, his Washington teammate, were were two guys that their arms measured. 29 and three quarter inch arms.
0: So maybe that's close enough. And if it doesn't show up, I haven't watched him. So if it doesn't show up and he uses the length that he has, well, that's great. I'm I'm about 5'11 and a half. And my arms are 31 inches long. And I I I know that that doesn't make me a corner, but oh I was gonna know, say I, sign him okay, up. Look at him over here flexing. Yeah. No, I'm not flexing, I'm just like extending my arm. John, like, yeah, John Brandon, not, John Brandon, you're
1: off the roster, Jake. Lisco is on.
0: No, thank exactly. you. Exactly. I, I can't take the beating of an NFL <laughs> like a single NFL practice. will hospitalize me. One,
1: exactly. one. Let's,
2: let's ask let's let me ask you this, Jake. Do you think you could lock down Ocho?
0: No. <laughs> No,
2: I know that 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 whole thing. Well, it was it was like a two day thing, and I was just cracking up both, both of those. James podcasts. James
0: well, believes that Terrell Owens could still be a top, I don't know, thirty NFL wide receiver. Probably the same for Chad. What about
1: know. Drew Sample?
0: You getting a stop on Drew Sample? He's big, man. He's like he's I, got a hundred yeah. pounds on me. He would just toss you out of the way. Yeah, I'd be on the ground, <laughs> and, and yeah. probably. He he could probably juke me out of my shoes too, because he's an NFL athlete. That's true. Guys. Nah. An... Yes, come on.
1: You got the long arms, Jake. Give yourself yeah. some credit.
0: All I was using that for is as a measuring point. Like an Built, average... bars.
1: Built bars. Build bars.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, all I'm saying is an average an average white dude who does a football podcast has 31-inch arms. So when you have when you when you got shorter right. arms than that, you're a little bit short in the arms. And, uh, again, if it doesn't show up, who cares? Like, yeah. this, this is a right. concern that we talk about with Jonah Williams. Well, Collins has short arms for a tackle. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: N.A. Sewell has short arms for a tackle. Rashawn Slater has short arms for a tackle. All those guys are great. Who cares? Yeah, yeah I right. agree. Uh, this is a I very did, I did notice.
2: Sorry, Go I was ahead. going just real quick, circling back, back to Jonah real quick. I did notice that sometimes it does show up a little bit on, on his tape, but, uh, but yeah, back, back to long arms
0: into them or something do what now uh, guys getting long arms into the chest. You mean? Yeah. Right. Right. Sure. I, I think Jonah gets beat more when he, I, I don't, I don't see him getting long armed and like bullied very often. To be honest, I see him like oversetting sometimes getting beat on counter okay. moves sometimes. But I'm sure it happens. I, I, you know, we we go turn on some tape and find it. It happens to everybody from time to time, I think. Especially with guys that really like using the long arm. And I mm-hmm. like. I would love to see. Do we see this matchup this year? I think. Do Do we see Carl Lawson this year? Do the Bengals play the Jets? Am I? Am I? I'm pretty
2: sure that we the play the Jets.
1: They the do. NFC's? They do. So they Carl do.
0: Lawson, Jonah Williams. I'm excited to watch that. Because Lawson yeah. likes Atlanta.
1: Um, Another Isn't corner he here. Uh, I only got a couple more. This guy's very divisive that I've seen so far. Uh, Kyrie Elam from Florida.
0: Yeah, I'm happy with him at 31, I think. I, I think he's a great athlete. And, you know, you worry, I guess the primary concern with him is that he might be a penalty magnet in the NFL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's, let's see how it goes. I think he has great tools. I think that he does a lot in that defense and could like easily project to be a very good NFL corner, and maybe you can coach some of the grabbiness out of him and maybe he gets a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, yeah I, I, and I, he's
1: just now 20 years old. I don't know if, if everyone realizes that. Like that's yeah. very, That's got to be one of the younger players in the draft. Is he really 21? Uh, 20, like 20? 20? point one is what i've got written down unless that's wrong
0: i think i have so i started our 2022 draft sheet and i've got ages in here where they were available so i have his age at the time of draft being 21 on the dot so he turns 21 by the time the draft comes around yeah Mm -hmm. let's see i've got his birthday in here too yeah so yeah he'll be 21 right after the draft
1: okay yeah i had him even younger than that somehow but yeah, uh, that could have been scouting report from earlier in the year. Well, he's,
0: he's currently twenty. Yeah, but born May fifth, two thousand one. So,
1: but four three nine forty six two. Like, I don't know. Sign me up for the, for those traits. But yeah, you don't want somebody that's just constantly getting holding penalties downfield.
0: Yeah, and I think he moves well for his size, and and the, yeah, I, I just you know he he hits <laughs> the thresholds. The Bengals haven't drafted a corner at least early with arms shorter than like 30 and three-quarter inch arms so that's where you look at trent mcduffie and roger mccreary and gordon uh, and mccreary i think and really yeah. Wonder. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. and then my guy marcus jones i don't know if anybody has his uh arm length but he's only five eight so i'm guessing it's not real big but he is <laughs> he's, a, he's, a- he's an electric returner from houston mm-hmm
2: like i like him
1: more as a returner probably than as a corner because he's probably backing up mike kilton you can see it for
0: for returning for sure i mean i I think the bengals have clearly stated in an interest in a returner i think chris evans is actually a really good kick returner Mm -hmm. Uh, so i'm I'm more interested in a punt returner i think both returns are going the way of the dodo i I think that the nfl is trying to phase out returns yeah i wonder how important it really is but I think they're interested in, in return guys. So
1: yeah, I mean it was uh, Simmons wasn't it that even specifically said they need to be more electric at punt return.
0: Yeah, and I think yeah. that's fair. I, I think that the issue that the Bengals have is they try to get a guy that's gonna contribute somewhere else. Yeah. A, as a return. Right. So the reason Trent Taylor wasn't on he was a practice literally every game he played he was a practice squad call up is because he he, he was a two point play. Player, which was important, it was great, yeah. but it was worked out. Safe. It was yeah, it was great. He wasn't on the field besides that, except no. for punt returns. So it's I was going to really say, hard. I don't think,
2: I don't think yeah. he had what
1: two catches last year in total. Or I couldn't it's, tell you his other catch besides that one in Kansas City.
0: Yeah, it was really right. tough. It's generally really tough to roster a guy if all he can do is return punts yeah it's just when you're constricted on roster space in the first place which every team i guarantee you feels like if we could have a couple more guys we feel a lot more comfortable which mm-hmm. is why they push for practice squad expansion and this sort of thing uh, and the call-ups and stuff it's just hard to keep a guy where all he can do is return and this is yeah. a point that i've made a lot it happens from time to time especially if they're really really good at it but chris evans can play multiple special teams units he can contribute on offense and he can return kicks easy roster spot right if you can do multiple things on special teams and be a viable backup that makes it a lot easier for you Brandon Wilson is good on multiple special teams units so if he's going to make this roster it's because he's also playing coverage units really well because I don't know that they really need him to return kicks right now another reason I'd
1: like to see Trey Flowers come back also you know, he looked pretty yeah. good as a, as a gunner on yeah. special teams. Mm-hmm. It was it wasn't his big role on defense. Like match him up with tight ends if you need to. You can do other things. Him, yeah, let him play special play. teams. Like
0: when when you're right. so you talked about versatility earlier. Where where you need versatility is if you're a backup. If you're a yeah. starting level player and you're really good at your starting level job, less important that you can be versatile, right? Because you can do the thing that you're really good at, and it can win you football games. If you're a backup yeah. player having versatility becomes much more valuable because it keeps you on the roster and gets you on the field.
2: Right. And, and going back to uh, Trey flowers a little bit, you know, when, when you look at it, I mean, that's a guy that, that you kind of need, especially with you look at who we're facing this year, you got Atlanta, Kyle pitch, you've got Baltimore, the Browns, the Steelers, you know, you, you've got those guys twice a year that you'll play Buffalo and, and uh what is it? Dalton Schultz there. Um, did they sign Dalton
0: Schultz? He's Dalton, on the Cowboys, uh, yeah. Schultz yeah, he's Cowboys. on the Cowboys. Uh, on the uh, Cowboys Dawson
1: Knox, is that who you're Dawson thinking about Buffalo? Yeah, yeah. Didn't they and sign then you got...
0: them, though? I thought they did. Uh, thought they, they signed O.J. Uh, Howard. O.J. Howard. Yeah. Howard. Yeah, right. That's yeah, right. I, I think that it'll be interesting to see how they play Kyle Pitts, right? I mean, they should mm-hmm. just put a corner on him the entire game, in my opinion. Just treat him as a wide receiver. That's what he is. and, and he I yeah. At times, I mean – Auden Tate currently WR1 in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So, yeah,
2: so you really could
0: put whoever you want, put a linebacker on Auden Tate if you have to, and put Shinobi Wizzy at Kyle Pitts if if that's what their depth chart looks like in Atlanta by the time they play.
2: But this is, I mean, this is kind of more or less looking like a murderer's row of tight ends. You got, you know, Miami with Gesecki, Gronk possibly in Tampa.
0: Um, I think it's going I mean, to be easier than this year was.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say.
0: Well, yeah, that's, I guess they still we play had, Kelsey, yeah, we had, but they avoid Kittle yeah. and they avoid Hawkinson. I guess they they don't play Chant. They played George Fant last year too. Mark Andrews yeah. still on the schedule twice, so that's always going to be tough. Uh, yeah. Cleveland has like seven tight ends, so maybe one of them will be good. You never know. I, I do think it'll be a little bit easier than last year, though. Like last year, they played. Yeah. I think. Six of the eight top receiving tight ends in the NFL, they avoided Gasecki, was like one of the mm-hmm. guys they avoided all year. And they do get and him they, this year. So, there you But,
2: go. you know, Dawson Knox was the guy, I think he he finished like tight end two or tight end three in uh, fantasy anyway, in, in, as far as tight end goes. Um, and, you know, you just replacing one with another, in my opinion. I'd much so rather play would, Dawson Knox than George Kittle.
1: Or, yeah, I'd rather go yeah. against Dawson. Yeah. Sure, that's but an easy one. yeah, <laughs> right. That's George a Kittle's one. a beast. Uh, D, D tackles in the draft. Anybody you like that you think that's a position first round or more second, third round?
0: I, I've i honestly had a really hard time finding where the value lines up for the Bengals on the interior defensive line, just because a lot of these guys have question marks if they Same. are pass rushers or their nose tackles. Devontae Wyatt's 24. Travis Jones is probably nose tackle yeah Logan Hall. the
1: yeah. end slash
0: like you know he, i i wanted to look at him as like okay maybe this is the the geno atkins mold of this class not saying he's going to be geno atkins but maybe this is a geno atkins type player but he's six six yeah right and, and, <laughs> and it's, it's not does not play with him. that same leverage as gino he <laughs> doesn't he plays high yeah. he wins with this mm-hmm. weird high spin move where he like tries to knock the guy from above <laughs> him out of his way yeah and yeah you know then you get to Perry and winfrey and and Fiderian mathis and matthew butler and there's just questions for all those guys i i wouldn't hate yeah. some of those guys like if if one of those winfrey mathis butler guys is a pick in the third round fine if logan hall somehow is there in the second round fine but i don't think any of them are and so that's where it's just kind of a a bit of a, a gap in value in my mind yeah, Travis right. 31 probably could be a good player but that's is he a nose really tackle? like me a ton at 31 where you're no. trying to get the guy that's going to hopefully make the biggest difference for you in this draft class.
1: That's, I honestly right. think the, the the two biggest positions are probably corner and trade down, if we're counting trade down as a position.
0: I, I can see yeah. edge for sure. The, there are a few other spots. Like offensive line, you could still see. Safety, I think you could see. And, and so those are the ones that I think you could you could certainly see a thirty one. So that the names being Booth, Elam, Lewis, Sign or Sine. I think it's Sign.
1: Sign, I think too. Jalen
0: Petre. I'm interested. I, I don't know. We'll see. But Zion yeah. Johnson. Yeah. You know. The, the yeah, the Zion, homies, uh,
1: Kenyon, and uh, and Linderbaum. Like those yeah. three. I mean, I think. Man, you solidify your line so much if you take any of those three mm-hmm. guys. And Zion Johnson is one who, when we talked about versatility, he's played at least four spots at a pretty decent level in the SEC. So. Yeah. Right. Well,
2: I guess we we can kind of finish up there. I know you, we don't want to keep you too much longer here, Jake. Um, one thing I did want to say real quick before, since we're talking about draft, before we get off here, this bad boy right here, I got here for a giveaway for us, if anybody's interested in that. Once we get to 200 followers, I'm going to be giving this badass draft hat away. And uh, so I did want to plug that real quick. Jake, do you got anything you want to plug?
0: Check out the Locked On Bengals podcast. That's all I got. That's the bread and butter.
1: Two guys that could play in the NFL if they chose to. Jake Lisco and James Rapine.
0: Yeah. I would never make that claim because <laughs> it's batshit insane.
1: I made it for you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: thanks, guys.
1: Hey, thanks for having us, Jake. We really do appreciate it, man. Yeah, yeah. have a, enjoy your weekend. Hey, you too. All right, see you guys. Good day. See All right, Derek,
2: anything That's else you want to... That was awesome. I really appreciate Jake for coming on with us. Um, I did want to also let everybody know we're still... I have this as well. Um, well, it's like I was like, today. we can let we can let him off there for you to plug stuff. Yeah, yeah. This <laughs> this shirt right here is a women's uh, women's large that that we're giving away. We'll probably finish that up on uh, Friday. Um, if you're you're wanting to know anything about that, just uh, hit us up. I think we'll uh, we'll. Probably and then you were saying you were saying
1: times. the hat was for uh, subscribers on YouTube. Yeah, this is for for YouTube subscribers. So.
2: Once we get to two hundred followers on YouTube, I'll be giving this bad boy yeah. away. Here. Which hey,
1: that's not far, man. We get a couple of shout-outs, a yep. couple of retweets. I mean, we're already close to I think 170. So we got yep. 30 more subscribers than I wanted to get a brand give new draft hat. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I wanted to give away before the draft. So hopefully we can get it get it there. And then um really the only the last thing I wanted to plug was our uh, our our t-shirts and, and stuff like that that we're doing. If anybody's wanting any uh any merch here? I'll go ahead and show that and get a uh, click on that right there. I, I love that's my bagels boy.
1: and brew shirts. I ordered one too. I was like, oh, I gotta have mm-hmm. one. Probably gonna order a hoodie next. Uh, honestly, and singer, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, but, you can get t-shirts, tri-blend V-neck,
2: basically whatever whatever fit you like. You can get and hoodies, stickers, kid t-shirts, mugs. You can get a mask if you want one of those um uh we don't anger. have dild- we don't have dildos or anything like that for sale yet Yes, yeah, yeah none of that none of that weird shit but you know hey yeah if, if anybody's so inclined we might see what we can do but uh you know, no not really but
1: life size your wife will leave <laughs> disappointed just like mine <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly exactly but uh but yeah that's that's really all we got um I'll have to I'll I'll have to send send Jake a shirt just for for being gracious and coming on the show with us. I, I really appreciate that. That was fun. Um but other than that, there's one thing I wanted to talk about that I, I, I hate that we didn't get to, but we kinda just glossed over the the whole uh stadium deal and everything that's that's going on right now with the, the indoor facility and all that. But uh I I just, I just want to Man, that- I don't
1: know. I feel like all that stuff's like next level for me i'm kind of like
2: whatever i don't
1: want to my whole thought is right my whole thought is
2: you know if i think that if they are with the indoor facility i really think that this is going to be one of those where they have um lockers or locker rooms over there they have offices over there you know they have all that stuff and then um Another thing you got to start thinking about, too, which I, when I was listening to uh, to the hear that podcast growling, it got me thinking about it. You're I think eventually you got to start thinking about, you know, the new stadium and stuff like that, too. And if you're good doing all that, you got to figure out, you know, I was
1: one thing with that is it looked like they could kind of kick that can down the road some i was reading an article uh paul daner on the athletic I, th- I think it was yesterday maybe two days ago and he was saying yeah it says 2026 but they basically have these rolling type agreements in there that right it can go all the way to like 2036 so right. but i mean they still got time to you know
2: right and i th- you're not really worried about that but you still, that's something you still have to factor in, though, because just because of, okay, if we put the practice facility here and the stadium's right here, well, when we build the new stadium, we can't just take this stadium and tear it down and then build a new one right over on top of it because you, you'll be without a stadium for a few years. So, you know, maybe they have, they're thinking, okay, if we put the practice facility here, the stadium's there, maybe the new stadium will be right here.
1: If the Reds keep selling all their damn players, just tear that damn stadium down.
2: <laughs> yeah, I hear that. I hear that. But uh Yeah, you know, that's just I I think it's really cool that they're thinking about all this stuff now. And and in my opinion, if if they build this practice facility that just that's in my eyes, that's them saying, Hey, we you know, that whole like we talked about the other day, I'm not fucking leaving. You know, <laughs> all that, that shit. You know. I I'm excited for it. What about you?
1: Oh, for sure. And uh, Katie sounded like she had like several announcements that are in the works. Like she started talking about yep. Ring Honor and she's like, well, I don't want to <laughs> say too much more. Like she kept pulling right. back from saying things, which, like, right. that just tells me, you know, they're excited. They got a lot of announcements mm-hmm. in the works and like things that they're excited about now. And that's why I just think the future is bright. Like I know not everybody loved uh, uh, Mike Brown mm-hmm. as an owner over the years, so some of his ways that, you know. Mm-hmm. So he believe, I mean, he believes a certain way and that's just how things are. But I feel like, you know, uh, Katie and, and her husband, Troy and Elizabeth coming in like Queen Elizabeth. Uh, right. But, you know, they're really turning things around and they're they're bringing us more up to date. And, and it's great to see. So, yeah, I mean, the future is exciting. Yeah. But uh, you you got anything else you want to discuss before we get off here? um not really just
2: uh follow the Bengals brews on twitter and that's
1: definitely really su- I got. yeah subscribe subscribe to the youtube channel man that that helps us out mm-hmm. a lot um retweet things on twitter anything we're gonna keep trying to have some good guests i know next week we'll have angelo dawkins fresh off wrestlemania one half of the yeah. street profits um Angelo seems like a phenomenal guy. He's from, uh, went to high school at Fairfield. So um, multi-sport athlete, even in college. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just, I think he'll be great. He he loves the Bengals. He loves Cincinnati. So should be a really fun guest. And we're going to go back to Saturday night. So it should be next Saturday at 7 p.m.
2: Yep, this will that'll be more of a bruise podcast than, yeah. than just bangles like we had today. But but yeah, uh, still so bruin. And if if you want to listen to it on Spotify, on Anchor, Apple, Google, all that good stuff too. So
1: yeah, and follow us on Twitter. We're yeah. on there. I try to interact at, with anybody.
2: At Dale Altman, or is it Altman Dale? I can't ever remember. Yeah, it's people. Dale
1: Altman. It's basic. Okay
2: at just dale that's what you need it to be i keep telling you you need to change it to just <laughs> dale but
1: yeah i might have to especially for crap keeper <laughs> yeah
2: exactly exactly
1: but uh yeah that's that's really all all i got for today all right man shout out to everybody much love for uh sticking with us uh yep. joining the show Ask- shout out to the bird